Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. And signing day is behind. What an adventurous, just a explosive signing day that we had on Wednesday, the uh, final signing day of the 2020 cl- 2020 class, 2020 class. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, welcome in Josh McQuistian, Eddie Radosevich, Bob Prisbillo. I am Kerry Murdoch as uh, we are monitoring thunder trades, potential trades as this podcast is taping uh, right now. The thunder are still intact. Like anybody cares. You're here for signing day information. You're here for the breakdown. You're here for... The- I don't know. The draft... The, the, Why the, the hell draft, are you here, then? The, the trades might be more interesting than uh, Oklahoma signing day <laughs> to begin with. I there mean, was so no, much action There was yesterday. no one that could hell start... Hell sales pitch, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and nobody's listening to this pod. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you right now that Lincoln Riley's lost control of his program. Ooh. Oh, no. I'm out of the hot takes business this week. <laughs> Turn me up a little, just a snickle. Sniggle. Okay, that seems racist. You have uh, you have used your uh, your actual stamps for this week, Carrie. You're all full up. There we go. Yeah, I uh, I have no more takes to give. We want to do it on a Sunday, day of the Lord too. <laughs> really kind of. What is it you in Super Bowl? You, you hate Rex Burke Burkhead a couple oh, of years yeah, I ago. Oh yeah, forgot about Rex Burkhead. I got the Nebraska fans. Look, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, it just coincides with drinking. Drinking. I mean, it's a great night to drink. I disagree. It's a Sunday. The Lord's Day. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, not even that. It just, I don't drink on Sundays. Or I try not to. Well, we each do our own thing. And It's always surprising to me when, like, Eddie suddenly has some, like, vague morality. (laughs) Like, it, 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 it confuses me. I just think Sundays is an, is an incredible day not to drink. So you've never gone on a golf course and just got plowed. I'm not on a saying Sunday. that I haven't. <laughs> I'm just saying that I don't usually normally. It, it's the goal. It's not always achieved, but it's the goal. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Look, it is. It is. Everything's kind of winded down for the year. You know, there's not a lot of stress. It's it, it's a good day to order your favorite meal on your food delivery service. I actually scheduled it for that day. Uh, fajita nachos from Inner Urban, my favorite nachos in town. There's a free plug, Inner Urban. Do- that doesn't mean Dean is welcome to come on here and go, "Hey, Rosser, we're not having any of that." <laughs> I, I refuse to comment. Really wants to say something. <laughs> I refuse to comment. His we head are... is like he's like he's convulsing over. 2020, I've turned over a new leaf. 
Uh, by the way, I want to remind you, uh, the pod sponsored by MidFirst Bank. Go to midfirst.com slash U40 and apply for the OU Rewards credit card. We'll tell you more about that uh, coming up. But, Josh, let's get into it. Signing day happened yesterday. It was just uh, pretty much confirming everything that we knew. And we didn't try and hype it up as, you know, it was going to be this great day and all these surprises. Might we didn't even act like Alfred Collins might even be a possibility uh, to do anything but sign with Texas. So, uh, I don't know how many people tried to make it a deal. We didn't because we don't treat you like morons and we don't, you know, think that you're stupid. We just tell you how things go. But it was pretty much exactly what, you know, you thought, what everybody thought, Josh. Yeah, you know, it, it was always going to be a day that really wasn't that active. There just wasn't going to be any surprises. I know... At one point, there was some talk. Uh, Alex Grinch had followed a defensive back from Butler uh, like Tuesday night, and the guy ended up picking Baylor like everybody expected, and he signed. I was told there was never anything to that. I don't really know why it happened. I, I There are times I wonder if the coaches just like messing with everybody and are like, they all watch who I follow, so I'm going to follow 20 guys, and I'm paying attention to two. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's how that works all the time, but it, it's interesting to see sometimes. But, yeah, you know, you, they finally got to announce the signing of Reggie Grimes. They finally got to announce the signing of Josh Eaton. Josh Eaton we never really tried to hide because Josh Eaton Told like, us. didn't try to hide it, and then he did <laughs> And then he did, it. Like, right. He backtracked. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, it was, it was a weird deal. But with Grimes, let's face it, we all played the game, and you guys can go back and look. I had to get so um, careful with how I worded everything because I'm like, I'm not going to lie for this kid. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to lie for any kid. But I won't go as far as saying he signed. I'm just going to say, guys, I feel really good about the situation. Like, we had I'm confident. There's other wor- topics on Monday. <laughs> yeah, like I, I really tried to not like, I, like I said, I didn't want to lie, but at the same time, I didn't want to. You know, I kind of wanted to do what the kid was hoping to do, which is have a big ceremony and feel what the weird part about the Reggie Grimes thing. And I'll, I'll, I'll get away from what I was talking about. He he waited all this time to have this announcement with his family. But he sent his or I mean, like, oh, you announces it like 730. So what difference did it make that? The- like, it wasn't like everybody was in suspense at his announcement. Like, I he signed with just, his family, I, and that's fine. I think it was just giving it. I read some of Jason Kersey's article. He went to Nashville uh, for it, and he bet that Lincoln Riley wouldn't have a press conference that we had to stay here for, and he didn't. Uh, so, you know, but he basically said he had a couple of relatives come in for, like, Florida or something, and they couldn't have been there if he would have done the no, early no, no, signing day. Right, so. but what we're saying is if he announces at 3, but you've already put it out at 7.30, then you've killed the quote-unquote drama. Well, did he try and have like a yeah? I never took it that he had any or something drama or anything. <clears throat> I think he just wanted everybody there. Yeah, just like well, a school I mean, celebration. Couldn't he have just had that ceremony t- today anyway? Like they're all there, we can pretend right. we signed I, something. You know, it's Josh, great. I, like, tr- I tend not to tell people that their <laughs> families are stupid on the podcast. I it's <laughs> I just don't understand. Like I thought they would wait, and then at three when he did his whole thing. Okay, and now we're out, and we've got the video that they've been sitting on for seven weeks. All right, well, then f*** him. <laughs> <laughs> That's an unnecessary one. That, come right, on. So drinking Sundays is, you'll you'll die on that hill, but 
you can't just give a break to a high school kid who wants to celebrate with his family. I, I'm, I'm not opposed to maybe on OU Sundays. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe OU jumped. I am the gun. perfectly Eddie. comfortable. Maybe OU jumped the gun. It's possible. I, I wondered about that not, too. Eddie. They might, yeah, they might have not orchestrated it with him. Yep. Of course, you didn't and have a lot point, to orchestrate. So the drama of yeah. the fifteenth ranked class in the country. Oof. Oof. Um, and I say Somebody's- that I say that jokingly because I do think that not to steer it away, but it, it seems like this class had more to do with filling needs. I thought they got a, I mean, like, I like the defensive line class. I like the offensive line class. It's not a shiny class. Right. But I like a lot of the pieces. Now, the problem is always going to be for Oklahoma with the way they can recruit a quarterback. If they're going to have a top five class, they almost have to have a five star quarterback. Yeah. And instead, they got a 5.5 three star, which I think is considerably too low for Chandler Morris. But even if he is like a 5.8, where I kind of think he is, that's not going to – I mean, maybe they move to 14th. Like, it's not going to be some massive jump. And also because they got him so late. I mean, that's what I, yeah. I That's what I keep saying. It's like, if you got to get Caleb Williams, you would love to do it right around the spring game so he can help you for the next month. When you get someone at the, un, at the Under Armour game, that's not going to resonate. That's not going to help you land anybody going forward and that's just kind of the way that that they stood and when you look you look at this class to me it's all about the junior college kids if those kids pan out check then you can check it off they did what they need to do if those three flop this was a disaster class sure well, that makes sense and don't you think too that this is it's kind of uh you know the classes before whether it's the receivers the quarterbacks like they've they kind of hurt this class's numbers yeah, for sure because it was really hard to go in there and get really heavily involved with a lot of five stars when it's so highly publicized that you have Spencer Rattler and Theo Weiss and Jaden Hazelwood. It was always going to be a weird yeah. year. Yeah, and that and that's what I've said before. When you look at the 2017 class with Rambo, Lamb, and Brown, then 2018's gone. That entire group is not even on yeah. campus. So you see how quick like that can intimidate some positions. For some reason... Offensive line isn't one of them. Bill Biedenbeau continue, continues to churn out the top talent every single year. But, yeah, I mean, if Spencer Rattler's not in Norman, Bryce Young is a Sooner. You can't convince me yeah, otherwise. No, I think that's I truly right, believe yeah. that that's the case. But, but now I think, you know, because Spencer Rattler's in Norman, that gives OU a better chance at Caleb Williams. So it's just weird how that stuff works out. The other thing that I look at, Josh, is with this class – uh, you're talking about, and you know how this goes when you bring in a new coaching staff. Uh, they, you know, a lot of times, you know, Alex Grinch didn't come in and say, "Oh, I'm in Oklahoma now. I'm going to reshape the way I recruit. I'm going to reshape the type of players we recruit." No, like he had an opportunity to go out and get Edron Cooper, and he chose to shine sign Shane Witter uh, because he evaluated that kid, liked him better, wasn't playing for rankings, which, you know, some people have been accused of doing around here in the past, Jerry Montgomery. Um, But (laughs) Shane Witter, I mean, is a guy, like, he believes that he can play for him, which Edron Cooper, I think LSU had a question, like, can he play for us? A&M, you know, ended up with him. But, like, OU, I think those questions, can he play for us? Is he really going to be a difference maker? Is Is he just all flash, you know, coming out of high school? Oh, I don't think there's any question. I mean, like you look at some of that class, 
guys like Noah Arenze. Mm -hmm. Nobody was crazy about Noah Arenze, but I can tell you, talking to multiple sources, that was a guy that from very early on, Alex Grinch identified him and liked him. And I think almost probably had to sell some of the rest of the staff like this guy can fit what we do. And part of it, you guys have to remember, like guys like Calvin Thibodeau or, you know, as Ruffin McNeil was there or even Lincoln Riley, they're having to adjust to this is what we're looking for. We have certain specific types that we're looking for. Noah Arenze isn't a big time fit in every defense in college football. But I think because of his speed and his ability to get upfield, he fits what Alex Grinch wants to almost to a T. Now he's not refined. You know, you want the guy that's a little further along physically that has the same physical tools. That that's the that's what you're working towards if you're Alex Grinch. But Arenze's a guy. I'm sure he feels like we can develop him, get him with Benny Wiley, get him on the you know the the food regimen. We're gonna get him bigger, stronger, faster, and then in two years we've got a guy who can rush the passer from defensive end. And really only had to battle, you know, schools that just aren't on our level for him. And then you start, like I said, we've talked about this, guys. I don't think you can say how big the possibility, if Oklahoma can watch Neville Gallimore and Kenneth Murray both go in the first round in a couple months, that is huge for defensive recruiting. Because those guys, I mean, they can sell. They were nowhere near the radar. They weren't even close. If I'm OU, I'm sending that clip of Kenneth Murray talking about his love for Brian Odom to every linebacker in the country. Like, I want everybody to see that on draft night. I'm going to go through that whole thing. But th this is, like I said, he has a clear idea at every position what he is looking for. And Shane Witter is a great example. I like Shane Witter a lot. I, I thought that was a great one. Um, you look at, you know, Josh Ellison is a guy that I don't like. I don't think I like as much as OU does, but they know what they're looking for. They're, they have specific types. And I think in a lot of ways, if this class can be what they want it to be, it can be a lot better than people realize. And I've said this a lot. Like, it's pretty clear that that there was not I'm not saying a come to Jesus meeting but when you look at all the kids in the portal and and Bob's been tracking that over the last year since Austin Kendall first decided to transfer like they've got to take a look in the mirror and say what are we doing like what wh we're bringing in kids that cannot play for us that can't compete for jobs like how, we've got to look at our evaluations like we've got to take a deep dive what are we doing as a staff in terms of player development and, and recruiting the right type of kids? And that's actually kind of brings up about the lack of drama yesterday. It's because they didn't go after the plan C or plan D kid. Right. That the, would have just been a future portal. The tidy Armands. You know, it would have just been a, yeah. a, yep. a Troy James who's going to end up in the port. Like, oh, you got him a couple days before signing day. That's awesome. Didn't do anything. Yeah. Those are the type of kids that something don't pan out at all, but you feel or, the or or offering a Derek Green of the world. Yeah, you feel like the needs like I gotta have someone in this class. We needed another body, and so you pick them, and then they don't do anything instead of waiting. So yeah, it made yesterday boring, but maybe as we've said before, it'll help in twenty twenty one because you've got that extra scholarship for maybe that elite guy that may not necessarily you wouldn't have a spot for him, but for someone right next to him, like you want to make sure you get the top tier guys of what you're looking for, or decent for, for safety the in class. the portal yep. or something. Well, guys, look at look at some of the 
January signings in recent years. Exactly. Ryan Jones, Troy yep. James, Michael Thompson. Yep. Uh, you know, and that's that's in the last two years. Now, last year you had David Aguebu, which looks like that's going to be a really good one. And there were – David Aguebu was, was an Army All-American. Yep. Like, yeah, it's a different – but you got Quinn Mittermeyer, Austin Roberts, you know, Prentice McKinney, Dahu Green, uh, Arthur McGinnis, A.D. Miller – uh, Antoine Stevens. I mean, I'm devel- I'm <laughs> noticing a trend here, Josh. When you go yeah, get like, into January, it can get sketchy. It, it, now, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, there's there's a Zach Evans still out there, but sure. Again, it's it, that almost it, it almost it defines the rule. There's a reason Zach Evans is still there. Like, there there's a reason a guy that prodigiously talented has not picked anywhere because a whole bunch of schools were like, no, nah, we're good. So we'll we'll like I said I get that it's not exciting and there's not a lot of fireworks and obviously Oklahoma missed out on DeAndre Butler and Alfred Collins. Those guys were fighting for one position. So so this idea that Oklahoma wanted two and they missed out on both. Oklahoma wanted one of them, couldn't get either one. Now you can say that's that's worse. I don't know. Look at that however you want to. But they wanted one more defensive lineman. That's the only thing they wanted to finish with this class, and that didn't happen. And that's that's life. But I. Personally, I, I'm with Bob. I prefer, I mean, unless you're in an emergency where, okay, we literally can't have spring practices because we don't have enough of X position. But going to take just bodies, that sets up a problem for three more years rather than trying to navigate it for one. Is there anything that you think that they would have done or done differently, you know, with this class now signed and delivered? Uh, is it taking an Edrin Cooper or is it, you know, sticking with or trying to still recruit a Ryan Watts or somebody. I, I think like, the, hindsight's good, always 2020, yeah. but do you think that there's something that they would have wished they could have done maybe more? I think it's a good question to ask Lincoln Riley if we get to talk to him next uh, next week. Like, if you could have anticipated that the portal was going to fill up pretty But then again, they quickly. had to have known, didn't right. they? That's why I'm going to say, you can, you know, could you anticipate that? And if you could... Would you have liked to maybe have looked at another linebacker or two? I think Edron Cooper's going to be the one that if he pans out with the Aggies, that's that that's going to stick in the craw for a lot of people because they had him. And to most people, they don't understand why they it had to be an either or instead of an and type of deal. The, I, I think Edron is the one everybody will talk about. The other one I would offer that I think is – maybe as interesting is Jahari Rogers from Arlington, the OU mm, legacy. Yeah. Yep. For OU, sure. OU seemed when they offered, like it was just a matter of time before he chose Oklahoma. Like he really was interested, ended up signing with Florida committed way back in July, uh, ended up as the number 101 player in the country, number eight corner in the country. So this is a big time guy that I think OU could have gotten. And they chose to move in the direction of like Dante Manning and some of those other guys and Ryan Watts, who was, who was Roger's good friend. Yep. I mean, again, hindsight's 2020. Like I understand, but at the same time, these are the decisions. I mean, these are the things you get judged by. I mean, did you, did you gauge that situation correctly? Now I like what Oklahoma got at corner and Kendall Dennis and Josh Eaton and, and Devon Graham. I like, I, especially, I like Dennis and Eaton. I, Graham, I'm I'm kind of interested to see how that works out. But with Rogers, I mean, coming in, he's more highly regarded than any of those guys. If he was part of your class, now again, Alex Grinch has his own ideas on these things, so I don't think that's a dead set thing. And I also think when you look at 
the only film I've really watched of Rodgers the senior was against Trayvon West, and Trayvon West ate him for lunch. So, you know, take that, I guess, as a positive if you want, that the guy that a lot of people didn't love in this class really ate up one of the guys that we're talking about, you know, could have been a help for this defense. What do you, how do you feel about the safeties? About, you know, anyone capable of playing safety in this class? Well, I think the biggest disappointment is Justin Harrington not making it for spring. Mm -hmm. You know, he seems very confident, but a lot of junior college kids are always confident at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make it in the summer. That's not even a question. Well, if you were supposed to be the mid-year guy and you weren't, that's already a big question mark because they got Bryson Washington, and again, I think that's one of the most important Alex Grinch recruits so far, but you wanted Harrington on campus right now too. So that's that puts a little damper in to things and we'll we'll see how quick first of all we'll see if he can do what he needs to do to get here in the summer and then how quickly he can pick things up once he gets here yeah i mentioned it last week how much you know talking to some people there was some real enthusiasm about bryson washington from some of the people i've talked to um not really anything kind of definitive just kind of along with harrington that length they're going to bring to the secondary. Like they, they were talking about looking at LSU and just like, man, our guys in secondary, they don't look like that. And I think with Harrington, Washington, Eaton, you're starting to get some of those guys who, even if they're not in somebody's hip pocket, they've got the arms and the length to just get their hand in the way, just make a possibly just get in the receiver's way of making a completion. So I, I, like I said, I think there's optimism there, but I agree with Bob. It would have been huge if you could get Harrington there. I've heard talk, and I, I really should put this up on the board. People are going to get mad that I'm talking about it in the pod. Sorry about that. I've heard really good early buzz on Bryson Washington, maybe working some at nickel early on, just kind of trying to see if that could be a fit for him. Again, it's so early, it's all experimental. I mean, they're just throwing stuff around. But I'd, I'd heard some talk that there was some optimism that maybe that could be a good fit for him. They're going to be allowed to experiment with Turner Yell being out for spring. I mean, they can just kind of throw Cradell and Woody Washington and Washington and just, you know, in Bryson Washington, there's going to be two Washingtons now. So just kind of see where, where those guys fit They're, I mean, spring be a nice time to try to just have, have fun with them and see where they'll best be in terms of their role going forward. Well, it'll be interesting too, to see exactly how they approach Trey Dorwood yep. and how much time he gets. Does he go full go? Do they take it easy? Does he even wear pads for the first month? Or does he even do the spring game? I mean, that, those are all questions that Lincoln will a answer for us next week. I would imagine that they give him a full run. I mean, he was out. He was even moving around during bull practices. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he, he, now, he might not play in the game or something, but <laughs> there's going to be a lot of guys that probably so don't play what? the game. That's usually how it works. Beginning of August... For, for Trey, it was like yeah, the, it was like the, yeah, it was the first, first day of practice. He was the first, first day of camp. Yeah, went yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. so mm -hmm. I mean, Caleb Kelly came back and he went down at the end of spring, right? Yeah, March. Yep. And Jordan Kelly was back even earlier than that. So yeah, he was back for Texas. Yeah, it was a Texas game that he was back in uniform. So uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to have some more bodies. I would imagine <laughs> Buki would love to get back on the field after. Oh God, the dumbest play in the history of OU football. What happened? You don't remember? Okay, mm -mm. never. Mind. <laughs> I I like. And he just blocked that well. whole game. <laughs> yeah. <from memory. laughs> 
Eddie was never uh, happened. They're still getting ready for the peach <laughs> peach. We bowl. were streaming all that stuff back, <laughs> and Eddie was like, "I should just turn it off, shouldn't I?" I was like, "Yeah." Got a good half though. First half, a lot of touchdowns, highlights, <laughs> <laughs> and low lights. Yeah, it's good if we ever start the you know, LSU passing game. By the way, what 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 just a total dismantling of uh, that LSU staff after that game. I it's going to be very interesting and I guess this could be seen as a shot at Coach O. I guess it is a little bit, but it's going to be very interesting if they can bottle that success back up because I think a lot of what they did last year was Obviously, Ordron's going to get a lot of credit, but probably not enough credit was given to, and maybe it was. I mean, shit, D- Joe Brady won the Joe Moore Awards. I mean, not Joe Moore, uh, Royals Award. Yeah. So, right. I mean, I like I, I, I think that the, those assistants really, Coach O is a great motivator, but can I say I, I don't know how good of a head football coach he is is that really stupid to say I, no, after I mean, he wins the same thing national championship Dabo, yeah th- i mean exactly like i think a lot of that he wasn't success. ever a cord- well he was was he coordinator no i don't think he ever was he went from defensive line coach to i head mean coach. D- dave aranda to bo pelini i i th- i still think bo pelini's probably a really good coach he was just kind of out of place I mean, he got ran out of lincoln anyway so i don't know he did he won a national championship with lsu yeah and he was never really the defensive coordinator at ou so I'm just I'm wondering if the game has passed him by. Bo? Yes. We'll find out. Yeah. He definitely not doesn't seem like the type that's gonna be uh adjusting to what Well and <laughs> just recruiting his ass off every day. I still swear to God, I when he first when got you throw to, a suitcase of money down in front of a kid though, it makes recruiting a little yeah, bit easier. It's a little bit easier. I swear I saw him leaving the Arby's on Lindsay that's not even there anymore. In the SUV shirtless. I believe it. I mean, that's such a Youngstown thing. Driving around shirtless or eating at Arby's? Or both? Both. Well, coming out of the drive-thru shirtless in an SUV. I could see that. What year was he here? What was that? 2004. Well, it was... They, they, they played Jesus. in the... It was that long ago? They, you remember, they lost to Kansas State uh, in the Big 12 championship game. Then Mike was on the sidelines against LSU. Uh, and... Bo, I can't remember. I don't think he was coaching in that game, but I think he was on the sidelines too. And then he got hired right after that because he had been. Did he let go at LSU? You mean when he came to OU? Yeah, he just got done being the interim guy at Nebraska after Solich. Got oh, fired. that's right. Okay. Yeah, he was on Solich's staff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that whole thing. I I got to think if you're LSU, I mean it's kind of like the Chiefs. It's like, you know, if they the, they are the favorites to win it again next year, but no one's gonna be like. There's no pressure on Kansas City to win again. There's no pressure on LSU to recreate what they did this last year, especially with losing your quarterback, basically your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. I I think the thing that was most interesting is just watching everybody follow Aranda to Baylor. Like that kind of, I don't know, opened my eyes a little bit to like, and we know Baylor's paying a bunch of money, but like, man, those guys have a lot of both faith in Aranda and Baylor as a football program more than I do. Including a bag man. They hired a bag man. I want to see somebody knock out Austin Thomas next year. (laughs) Like legitimately go up and knock him out. 
Carrie might. Throw a we'll punch. just get him riled up about the Nashville trip, and Carrie's just going to go take a swing. No. Well, that's not any fun. That guy's the Let's worst. Build the drama here. Mellow Terry. it out, man. That guy's like a successful Taylor Ham. <laughs> uh, he has his own business and drives a truck. He will tell you any day of the week. Okay, buddy. Mm-hmm. He makes more money than you've ever seen, Eddie. Taylor. I'm not talking about Austin Thomas. Yeah. He, he will. He will lecture quite comfortably on how how comfortable his life is. I'll wait for that fe- that friend request on uh, Facebook. Yeah. Well, I mean that it's a friend request slash. Welcome to my business model. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really whatever you want it to be. All right, so... I'm cheering for the Wuhan <laughs> coronavirus to find its way. I'll stop short. Very nice. See, I've turned over a new, a new leaf. Nice. Well, we have Carrie trying to get us back on track and Eddie not saying mean things. Guys, it's a new chapter in the, in the day of the unofficial 40. 2020 is a new world that I'm living in. Mm-hmm. God, if we could just avoid family talk with Josh, it'd be the perfect pod. Well, I mean, I mean, if we want to get into it, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most like random thing I've seen this week. I can't remember who it was, but they were like, "Please stop with the family talk. I have children of my own. I I want to escape them. I don't need to hear about your family. I don't need." I think Ouch. he was basically insinuating that we're turning into Facebook Pod. No, it, it's totally fair. Like I I literally don't care about your children. I don't want to hear yeah. anything about them. I don't. I don't care i because it's it's a fact it's it's that's a fair criticism uh tiffany's gone for the weekend okay that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> uh, okay so back on track to recruiting just kind of wrapping it up the whole class uh are there i don't know should we do this like post game do we have like our eskridge lexus recruit of the year I mean, Ooh, I like it. you go like offense, defense, and who you think will be the biggest impact out of this class? Immediate impact or uh, just biggest impact overall? You choose. This is, that's okay. too much work for All me. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll give everybody a little minute to think about it. I, I think maybe everybody knows where I'm going to go here. Andrew Rame is my guy. That, 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 I'm a huge fan. Screw you, I, Josh. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's not going to come in and beat out, you know, Oklahoma's two starting guards or anything. But if you told me he's a three-year starter and, you know, first, second-day pick for too long, I, I won't be surprised. I think Andrew Rame is one of the best high school offensive linemen in the country. I think rivals drastically missed on his ranking. And, you know, I think in time we'll all see it. Eddie, did you see that gesture that Bob made toward Josh? Wow. He's probably tweeting Tony. <laughs> she's kind of disappeared you, like, i told you this today you're like half of your twitter is like ghosts because you talk to either people Bob that talks to everybody that's blocking me on twitter block me uh but like, we appreciate their uh subscription to like, com. yeah i mean that's why we brought bob aboard because we're all assholes and we needed a ringer there's just one person i blocked that's it Everyone else is welcome. We needed we need Bob to bring balance to the force. I don't block people anymore. I block ads. I block all the clickbait, you know, ads that are on Twitter. I say I don't like this ad. Oh, I block the I block the people serving the ads. I don't need block. to know what this celebrity looks like now. You won't because you won't believe it apparently. 
now or nude really changes my perspective <laughs> on if I'm going to click that link. So, um, that's oh. how. I mean, how do you block an entire website though? Well, you just you I feel like that's all. Handle. I feel like that's all Yahoo.com's front pages is clickbait on somebody like a certain celebrity or something. Yeah. Well, people click. I know, and that's just it drives me insane. We should we should st- I've always thought we should start one. I'm gonna just start we repackaging like, every single tweet about OU into a yeah, story. Yeah, we should we should we why not? Why don't we start a clickbait? It won't be on soonerscoop.com. We'll start, you know, soonerpoop.com or whatever. What about boomer sooner everybody.com? <laughs> okay. Uh what? That's too long. BSE.com? What about DSR.com? Mm. Is it taken? I see bullets like flying by my head. Um. So, yeah, I mean, we should do it. I mean, we can hire some kid out of college and just make him churn out crap. It'll it'll be it'll be Bob's release. He can yell at someone. It, we'll put Bob in charge of someone just so he can get his frustrations out and boss people around. All right, let's. I like it. Let's go. <laughs> I'll be all right. I feel like Bob Bob is like the nice guy that if if you give him too much power, he's going to turn into a tyrant. Like I feel like it because Bob like knows oh, what yeah, he there's wants. There's no doubt. Yeah, he knows exactly how he wants to do something, and if you don't do it that way, Plus, like I, I could see you being I, locked in a basement. I or would something. be locked there. I would be there for the passive aggressive aspect of Bob's managerial style, which is. Um, um, if, if you care, if you care, <laughs> this doesn't work at all. So if you care, you might want to fix that. But if you don't care, I understand. That's fine. We'll just leave it as is. Delete. <laughs> um. So okay. So you guys both named offensive guy. Give me your defensive guys. Andrew Rame. I mean, Bob wanted to kill Josh because he's he wanted. Yeah, to let Bo- let too. Bob go first, so I don't step on your toes. Yeah, I know. You would like him when he's angry. <laughs> I'll go Reggie Grimes just because I think so many people started to be down on on him that he, I don't know if the ex the the expectations are nearly as big as what they once were, and he's someone that's got the phys- the physical tools to be something incredibly special. I am sort of wondering where they think he'll he'll fit in because I know the way OU phrased it outside backer is he defensive end? I mean I know he's Calvin Thibodeau's guy but you know th- does that change when he gets onto uh, campus but you know he's someone that when you look at what he did in the two all-star games not doesn't mean he's gonna be that great based on those but you saw the flashes that have you excited about what he can do once he gets on under this coaching staff they wanted him for a reason and he just he feels like someone that maybe the other schools that thought he wasn't good enough they might regret he might be their guy looking back like whoops we kind of missed out on on that one I, I like that one a lot Bob and he feels like the exact recipe for a guy that does bounce back from some of the people that have questioned him I mean at one time I, I've said it a bunch of times this guy was a five-star. Like He was like the number eight player, I think, at one point on Rivals rankings. He has – it's not that like he's fallen down to Oklahoma, but I think we can all accept if everything would have gone the way he wanted, he wouldn't have gone to Oklahoma. That wasn't his plan. He was probably going to Alabama. But it's worked this way, and I guarantee he's heard people doubting him. He's watched his rankings fall. He's seen some of these things happening. 
that feels like the type of guy that comes back and is like, I'm going to prove all these people wrong. I'm going to make something, you know, like I'm going to show that I am as good as my physical ability says I can be. So right. I, I, I think that's a good recipe. All right, Josh. Um, why, why is this different than Ricky DeBerry in 2015 where we felt the five-star kid kind of fell in the OG's lap? I, I can say in that case, I mean, and, and Eddie and or Eddie and Kerry can back me up on this. I was never a huge yeah. Ricky DeBerry fan. Yeah. Like I, I, I didn't see the movement skill skills that were going to make him a great player. I thought there were people I, on I thought his own staff that was torn. Yep. Because I, I can flat out, I mean, you know, we can get into the whole Jerry Montgomery thing. I can tell you if out, without Jerry Montgomery, Ricky DeBerry is not part of Oklahoma's class. He kind of kept recruiting him even though Tim Kish and some others had moved in a different direction. So I, I like I said, I, I think you just can't kind of ignore that. Um, but at the same time, I, I like, um, if I was going to pick one guy, I'm going to stick with my guy and kind of go under the radar with it. I love Shane Witter. Like I, I, I get the argument for Perry and Winfrey. I think he has the most upside at the same time. He's gonna like. There are some things in his game he's gonna have to develop. He's going to have to be consistently part of the team, which was an issue at Iowa Western. So if he can mature and do all these things, he has first round kind of talent. He's that special. But it's just a matter of if he can put all that stuff together. And JUCO guys, let's be honest, guys, that's a crapshoot with those guys. You just don't know what you're gonna get until they are there going through the motions. Uh, but with Witter, I mean. You look at what Oklahoma who, – who's the guy at inside linebacker that's going to keep him out of that position? I mean, I think Deshaun White can be a good player. I think moving inside may be better for him. But at the same time – and I don't think he's going to come take Deshaun White's job. Don't misunderstand. But do I think he could get as part of that rotation even as a freshman? Yeah, I do. I mean, like, I, I think he has those kind of instincts. I think he is a better athlete than people realize – and they have a need for him to come along and be that guy. So I guarantee Brian Odom is going to do everything he can to try and push that guy as quickly as he can. Well, like we documented all year, Alex Grinch and Brian Odom, they want to rotate guys. So uh, if he can play, he'll play. And though I could see next year being more of a rotational year. I mean, uh, it, you know, you had Kenneth Murray. They tried to kind of rotate him early. As the season went along, the games got bigger. He played more and more, and that's you know that happened with the safeties too, uh, and really happened with Jaden Davis a little bit in the secondary. Uh, but they're not going to have Kenneth Murray next year, so I could see them, you know, being closer to fifty fifty with their linebackers. And they're going to have a lot of reps to give Witter in spring. I mean, we talk about the portal when you lose Ryan Jones and yeah. Draper, and of course Murray leaving for the draft. That's three open spots. I mean, there's no doubt. Witter is going to be another guy you can have fun with, experiment, and try to see where where uh, where he fits. And if he's not ready, you got Brian Mead. Why? <coughs> Any news there, Kerry? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why you got to go there? <laughs> I was going to leave you alone, but now that you wanted to get it out there, let's just I, talk about it. Scholarship I, player, right, Kerry? I, I have not put this on the board because I didn't want to start World War III, but I'm, I'm told he is on scholarship now, yes. It's weird that OU hasn't announced it. I just don't think they announced much of anything. Well, they announced when Connor McGinnis and who was the other one? There were two. But it was during the season, though, right? Yeah. Like, Lincoln doesn't have time to be messing with press releases right now. <laughs> it's a dead It's a dead period. That's all he's got time for now. 
anyway. Uh, okay, so one thing we had not addressed since we talked to you last time on the podcast was the hiring of uh, Jamar Cain, who was announced as the outside linebackers coach, which I thought was interesting. And I don't know, guys. I mean, Josh, you had mentioned that you know through the course of talking to some recruits, you kind of got a feeling like he he is kind of taking on some edge rushers in that responsibility of outside linebackers coach. So, uh, you know, we'll talk to Lincoln later this or next week, but it's it you know it does seem like he you know he was the defensive line coach at both Fresno State and Arizona State. And it does kind of sound like maybe outside linebacker is morphing more into an edge rusher defensive line kind of uh, position for coaches and players, maybe. That'll be I, – I won't say that I've heard that. I do think it's an interesting possibility because this guy does have a lot of background in that, in that realm. So it's not like it's something that is a big reach or they're trying to make something fit that doesn't. He's got a lot of track record coaching defensive line. He's been a good recruiter at the position – so I kind of wonder if he's going to coach the outside linebackers, but he and Calvin Thibodeau kind of spearhead both, like the defensive line recruiting will work for both of them. Like, cause, and they'll, cause I mean, like we just talked about the Reggie Grimes, there is some overlap. Like you're going to have some guys that when you sign them, I don't know if he's a linebacker. I don't know. I don't know if he's our, if he's our five tech defensive end, if he's our stand up outside linebacker. There is some connection between those two things, so you can kind of let those guys work together. But I haven't heard anything that makes me think that this that he will each day in practice be doing anything other than working the defensive line. Or I'm sorry, excuse, working other than outside linebackers. Didn't yeah, working with that. the Guaybu and you know John exactly. Terry when he comes back and and, and uh, um, Wete, Bob actually Benito. featured that group this morning on Soonerscoop.com. If you want to check, check it, it out. out, yeah. Now what's weird is you know because I was going through. There's no one on 2020 that felt like they fit that mold, which is okay because they're loaded in terms of young guys with Benito, yeah. Guaybu, and Wete. But it was a little in- interesting to know that I, I didn't see anyone on 2020, but Ethan Downs for 2021, I believe, fits that perfectly. I will be shocked if Ethan isn't a defensive end. Like Just based on some people I've talked to, that's what I expect him to move into. I don't know if they want him dropping out in coverage and doing some of that stuff. They want him, I mean, he's just, I mean, you guys have seen him more recently than I have. He's so big and like the bot, like just a big kid. And I think once he starts putting on weight and filling out, I, I think the expectation is he'll be 270 before he knows. Yeah, what he's happened. like Watt Brothers thick, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Not to put too much pressure on a kid. Yeah, that I mean, I, I mean that feels white guy. I mean, could you had to pick <laughs> oh, a white guy, Carrie? I mean, no, come on, <laughs> come on. I, he reminds me a lot of Dan Cody, Joey Porter, is that Dan you Cody? maybe Corey Heineke. <laughs> uh, Josh, was, no, was, was, does was, Spencer Rattler remind you more of Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield? <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably uh, to, you it's know. kind of a little bit of a... It's a social Kyler, experiment. It's like a mix, almost, if you will. <laughs> oh, jeez. What? <laughs> what? Is it not? Brought okay. to you by... Is this racist? <laughs> oh, that was very racist. Mm. <laughs> he, he just turned into the crash there. <laughs> That's very racist. I'm going with it. Josh, what, was Kane at Junior Day? Yes, yes, he was. Uh, who I'm trying to remember who it was I spoke to that spent some time around him. Um, was it 
No, it was uh, the linebacker from Mainville. I did the story with him. Uh, Medlock. Uh, Justin Medlock, yeah. He mentioned being around him some, but he um, – no, it wasn't Medlock. It was a defensive lineman. It doesn't matter. I, sp- I talked to one of the defensive linemen that was there whose name I'm just it's blanking on, and he mentioned spending some time around Kane. Like he, Oh, it was the Arden Walker kid from Colorado because they had a relationship uh, when Kane was at Arizona State. and I, So I was kind of asking – Kind of to check if Kane was there, kind of to check in on the, well, is Kane going to be doing the defensive line stuff, seeing what that was. And he said he didn't really talk to Kane much at all. You know, he said, I saw him and we said hi and that kind of thing. But he said he spent most of his time around Calvin Thibodeau. So I think that probably, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's one week into the relationship. So I don't think everything's been ironed out. But I think it gives you some indication that, you know, defensive line guys are still going to be Calvin Thibodeau's guys. Uh, by the way, I want to remind you guys, the title sponsor of the Unofficial 40 Podcast is MidFirst Bank. I want you to go to MidFirst.com slash U40. That's MidFirst.com slash U40. And you can apply now for the OU Rewards credit card. Uh, it's got a low, induct- low introductory rate uh, for the first 12 months uh, of 0%. You can also receive a free Bluetooth speaker when you apply in person at participating uh, MidFirst Banking Centers. Uh, redeem rewards points for cashback, gift cards, merchandise, and travel. There's no annual fee. And you can redeem points for OU fan gear and OU student bursar's account uh, to pay for tuition. Also, you get to walk around with the credit card that says OU on it, which is pretty cool. So go sign up, midfirst.com slash U40. That's midfirst.com slash U40. And really appreciate MidFirst uh, Bank being our title sponsor uh, for the unofficial 40 podcast, uh, even continuing through the off season, so thanks to them. Okay, um, yeah, one thing you mentioned Junior Day, and it was hard not to see some of the kids that were coming in, uh, the pictures that were being taken, just some monstrous human beings. Uh, and Josh, can you kind of just break down a little bit about you know what uh, what what happened for the Sooners in Junior Day recently, and kind of some of the big names to keep an eye on? Sure, sure. You know, and first off, I I thought this was. A, probably one of the more well-organized days. It felt like everything went more smoothly. Yep. I don't know. More smoothly is not right. But, I mean, like, it just seemed like everything was really clean with how you handled it. After a few weekends that were kind of weird and off and you couldn't quite tell what the plan was. But, yeah, you had a couple offers go out. Uh, J. Michael Sturdivant, the wide receiver from Flower Mound, Marcus. Uh, his quarterback is Garrett Nussmeyer. Uh, dad was is a current Cowboys coach and was uh, you know longtime NFL quarterback Doug, um, and is actually a guy that I could see OU becoming involved with. So that's kind of an interesting storyline to follow. Um, I'm trying to remember who there was at least one other offer. And I'm going to forget who it was. I need Bob. Well, also they ever had to four. Back they had Quinn, 2022 quarterback. Quinn, you're right. The quarterback from South Lake Carroll. Bri- mm-hmm. uh, Brian Allen. Safety. Yes, the safety from uh, Alito. Uh, and Jor- Alito, let's not get everybody <laughs> cuss at once. Jordan Hudson was the other. Yes, yes. Uh, so Oklahoma was busy. I mean, v- very active. Um, everybody I talked to loved it. Brian Allen raved about it. He was really excited, really kind of looking forward to getting back up there. J. Michael Sturdivant, I, I think Oklahoma has made I mean, and and if you look, people think I'm just saying that to be funny. That is actually his rivals.com page is J. Michael Sturdivant. So get used to saying that. Um, but he really liked it, really enjoyed himself, spent a lot of time with Dennis, Dennis Simmons. Um, I, I, whether it was 2021, 2022, 
everybody really was very positive about everything that they saw. Obviously, no commitments came, so I think everybody's like, oh, well, it's negative, it's bad. It was there was nobody there that I felt like that's going to happen if the if the things go right. Like that's just not the way that weekend shaped up. I mean, Bryce Foster, he wasn't going to commit to OU on the trip. Now he did come back, immediately put OU in his his top 5 in his release that he made right after uh his OU visit on Saturday and A&M on Sunday. I I think Oklahoma's making a real run at Bryce Foster. I I I I'm not saying they're going to get him, but more and more that's his third trip to norman i believe he is he is serious about oklahoma this is not a guy that's going up there and kind of talking about things i think oklahoma's got a real chance there it would seem like that is a situation too that (laughs) don't you just feel more comfortable or confident i guess uh going after somebody like a bryce foster when you know bill beatenbo's leading the charge oh absolutely i mean and, and that's the thing like with some of these guys, you'll talk, you know, like Alex Grinch or Brian Odom, whoever, they have to sell people on what could be. You know, they, they have to try to, you know, if you'll come here, we can make these things happen on defense. Bill Beatenbow's like, what, what do you need to know? Like, I, all I do is produce NFL offensive linemen just year after year after year. I've got another first-rounder probably next year waiting to happen. Uh, you know, there is all this to buy into He's, he's won the Joe Moore Award. I mean, he's probably, I would say now that Sam Pittman is a head coach, I don't know who the argument is for the best offensive line coach in the country. I mean, like, I don't know who the other guy is. I think Bill is probably pretty accepted as that guy. Interesting. Um, outside of that, did you enjoy looking at his calves in all the pictures? Well, I'm going to try to go over and do an interview with him just so I can kind of eyeball him for a little while, you know, um, you know, Get just you one to make of those it kind of digital weird. calipers and just make that your new thing, like calf measurements every time you. Oh, yeah. That could be like the hallmark like of it, my like I mean, like it rivals camps this yeah. year. We'll just yeah. do calf. We'll, we'll find the biggest calf. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have to find something to measure density. Like we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll really figure something out here. That might get a little weird. Well, I mean, you've taken it here. I got calipers on these kids. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Okay, uh, moving on. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, rivals camps are getting ready. They're already actually started. But uh, what we're we're actually, I just booked Eddie uh, for Orlando, the happiest place on earth, uh, for the uh, 18th coming up uh, later this month. So all this stuff is getting ready to happen. You, you saw some of the stuff we were working on toward the end of last season with the live video. We're going to take that even further. Uh, during the camp season, which puts a lot of pressure on myself right now, I'm just realizing because there's a lot of stuff I got to do. Um, but uh, all that stuff is starting to happen, and so there's going to be a lot of stuff going around the site uh, in, in terms of camps and in you know new videos and our chance to interview these kids uh, going from place to place. So should be a lot of fun there. Outside of that, uh, I, real quick, let's talk a little hoops because the Sooners lose a, a tough one at Texas Tech. Played really, really well until the last couple of minutes of the game, and it just kind of got away from him. Uh, but I, I know Eddie and I both were kind of like, "Woe is me!" Like we got to watch this crap, especially you know after the loss at Kansas State, which the losses at Iowa State and Kansas State are the most baffling really are. things to me. Well, especially when you look at how they played in Waco and uh, oh, in, in and Waco Lubbock and on, Lubbock, yeah, yeah and, and then obviously you watch one in Iowa Austin. State just get Iowa State's not last a good night by team. West Virginia. It was awful. Oklahoma State won their first game, though. Congratulations to them. 
Mike Boynton doing a great job well, up there. First this game year. in conference, at least. It was on ESPN Plus, so most people didn't see it. And <laughs> it was free attendance. Yeah, they had to get because of the weather. Because of the weather. Uh, but anyway, uh, Brady Manic. ESPN Plus is just an awful product distribution. Yeah, but it's not. I haven't I, been a fan. I think it is this year. I think in a couple of years it's going to look smart. Well, my God, I would hope so. Well, I was like, I, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I was for it, you know, some type of a digital plan uh, for the Big 12 if they, you know, with the way that Longhorn Network was set up. Like, th- if they got ahead of it, it would be good to. And I was talking about making a deal with, like, you know, Hulu or somebody like that for the conference, sell the conference rights. They're kind of doing it with ESPN Plus, but, you know, the only thing it's really doing, I think, right now is just helping create some goodwill with ESPN for them when their next round of negotiations come back. So, I mean, it's not doing Fox any good. It's probably making them a little jelly on the side, but it should be good for you. E- I mean, if they don't get significantly better, um, you know, a better deal when they come back to the table with ESPN after doing this ESPN Plus deal, I, I, I'd go to the SEC. But I've been saying that for years. The only thing this conference cares about is tweeting out pictures from Waco, Texas, and women's basketball games. I'm convinced of that. What else are you going to do right now this time of year? <laughs> I mean, they have the two of the top three teams in the country on the men's side. Yeah, but they can't hype up Kansas because they're oh, and, ready and to get Texas blown women's volleyball. That's another thing that the uh, Big Twelve Twitter account loves to tweet about. Oh, you to women's gym g- gymnastics. I don't know if I even follow the Big 12 oh. Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, that, that might be, need to be my problem. I just need to unfollow it. Because I never get upset about this so stuff. When they get to equestrian and swimming, that's my kind of... Eh. I'll say it. No one gives a <laughs> f***. Hold on. Looking at I'm Sooners, done. but... Uh, but yeah, we're back to basketball. Brady Nan- Man- Manic obviously playing really you know, well. You Doolittle lose... Is, uh, Lose against Texas Tech, the great thing is you have a the bounce back chance against West Virginia to get a real resume building win, and that's what this month is full of. You, they just have to take advantage. They don't have to win them all clearly, but if they win like two or three, if they can beat West Virginia at home, maybe get Baylor at at home, that that'll be enough. That'll be enough marquee wins as long as they don't have any disastrous losses. And really, they can't because they've already had them. Yeah. Iowa State, Kansas State. I mean, that that would be enough to kind of put them in the driver's seat to being that fifth-place team and getting a, tur- a uh, tournament bid. But right now, what they got to do, Christian Doolittle's got to get going. Yeah. He hasn't scored double figures last three, four games. I mean, he's doing a lot of other things, trading assists, still getting the boards. But he just seems like he is afraid to get offensive. Yeah, I mean, he's settling for the jumpers that came easy in November and December, and now they're not falling, and he's got to adjust. They're not going in. Stop settling for it. When you've got more in your game, there's more you can do to to try to get to the hole, get fouls, get to the free throw line. Things of, of that nature because right now Austin Reeves is picking it up a bit. The only he problem, is, yeah. the, the the problem with Reeves is he has to shoot a lot to score a lot. He's not efficient. You know, he can be like two of eight from three, and he's gonna able to get his points, but that's a lot of shots to get to where he needs. And to he be. dribbles a lot. I he mean, dribbles a like lot. Like Manic is a guy that knows where his shots yep, are. They exactly. know how to get him the ball. 
and he puts it up and he either scores or he doesn't. Austin Reeves eats up the ball, and it's you know I do like the flow of the offense now that they're starting Bienemy, uh, even though he's still not hitting shots. It's better than having Harmon in there because he just seems like a guy that doesn't know. He, he's still like, figuring out. Yeah, I like his honesty about that. Yeah, that he hasn't figured, and it's been frustrating for him because I think you come in first but couple he seems games paralyzed at times when yes, he's out there. He's thinking so much, and he's like, I can't make the wrong decision because how many times does he drive into the paint and then just get swatted? I mean, he's he's not a big guy, he's not a physical guy, and he'll he'll the moves he made in high school have not translated to college, and he's still figuring that out because he gets his stuff blocked a lot. And you you've seen a little bit more out of Alonis Williams. Uh, he does some good things here and there. Uh, he's you know he still just needs to have a bit role though. He when he gets to where he tries to do too much, yep, that's when it goes wrong for yeah. him. Yeah, and he played you know four solid games. Tech was okay, but, I mean, you looked at his performances the last couple of weeks. They've been huge to where if you feel like you can count on him for consistent bench production, that would be awesome. But I still think that's more of a bonus. You don't look at him as being a guy that's going to give you 10 to 12 points every single time out. And, you know, that's part of the problem is that they just don't have the consistent scoring. It feels like Manic's going to deliver. Reeves might get you there. It's got to be Doolittle coming back. And if Biennemi and Harmon can ever get going, like, it, it's so weird because how you have to adjust your expectations. Because now it's like if those guys combine for 12 points, you're happy. That sounds insane to say, but there's been times yeah. where they've had zero yeah. combined. And so now you're like, oh, they got six and six. That's awesome. That's not what you need from your starting backcourt, but it's just something they got nav- They got to get through during this next month of the season. Now, I want to see him continue to try to play Kuoth a little bit as they go along. I mean, he, he does good enough things around. He could be a rim protector, which they don't have if he's not out there, so I I like seeing that. Uh, but like you said, it really does come, and, and you know, I almost just want to start calling him Franchilla, just to right? brevity. <laughs> yes. Uh, by the way, Fran, love that guy, but his positivity is at an all-time high like he literally if you all those basketball guys if are like you that. killed someone on the court they would say that one you probably didn't mean to and you need to go they need to go to the replay to see if that person's dead because they don't think that it was a murder I feel like all those basketball guys are like that you it's get a, in that little uh yeah, it's, that's it's it's such get a that in that, that little circle that coaching fraternity you don't leave it's but it's also such a smaller world like you have to appeal to everyone to Seton Hall and Xavier and Oklahoma I mean like outside of Kentucky and Kansas and uh North Carolina like it's just it's you have to make everyone happy to have an audience so it's to me I think that's part of it but you know he you know they were kind of going over okay this is Oklahoma's chances if they don't win this game they're probably last four in so they are clearly right on the bubble now. Yes. I mean, yeah, it, it comes no down doubt. to it, it comes down. Oh, Big Twelve is getting five teams in: Tech, West Virginia, Kansas, Baylor are in. Mm-hmm. That's your four that are in. Texas, TCU, OU be playing for that final spot. And I, it's, it's I don't weird. think there's going to change. Yeah, because like TCU can beat Tech and then lose to the Cowboys. So it's it's hard to judge. Uh, that, I think that's just college basketball you, as a whole. You can well, that, and Jamie that, Dixon can coach that five through seven spot is such a toss-up but the Sooners have a couple home games here if they can beat West Virginia then they have Iowa State at home next Wednesday going into Kansas which they'll probably lose but at least they can get a some momentum going it'd be nice 
to stop alternating wins and losses, wins and losses. That's what it's been the last three weeks. And you went and saw B. John, B. John Cortez the I other did. Night. Yeah, I did. 2021 point guard Is he commit. Austin Reeves Jr.? <laughs> Out of King. Yeah, a little bit because when he drives a hole in dunks, People just don't see it coming, yeah. but you know someone from a uh, team, uh, Team Griffin. So he'll be a recruiter now for Trey Alexander out of Heritage Hall. But Bijan is just someone that kind of known about the last couple years. Got offered last spring. Uh, I know people look at him and say there's no way he's a basketball player, but all he does is put up points, is e- efficiency. He had 24 points on eight shots. Tuesday. And like you said, he's playing on Team Griffin, so he's playing against good yes, competition. Yes, you know, it's not just, oh, oh he, had a, he had a huge Kingfisher. summer as a, going yeah. into his junior year oh, last yeah. year you on know, the circuit. He's just playing 4A four, uh, four ball against nobody's. No, then he's doing that on the AAU circuit, too. So uh, he's someone who's definitely locked in. He won't be looking around. His goal will be to get other Team Griffin members to join him with, with the Sooners. Good good chance to, to talk with him. We'll have a story about his recruitment and how how everything's going there. But he went over 1,000 career points on the game that I was at Tuesday. Also, uh, spring football is uh, going to be coming up soon. I mean, we'll get through this month. And then I know, Josh, you saw the uh, recruits had a schedule. What was it, March uh, 18th? Was 10th, that the first 10th, yeah. practice? So March 10th. So we're just about a month away from the start of spring practices, and that's going to be obviously pretty exciting. There's going to be some guys, like we talked about earlier, Delarian Turner yell that you'd like to see practice that probably won't be practicing. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he gets some work late or something, but he kind of indicated, I think, in he Atlanta did. that he, he made was going to miss, right? Pretty clear. I mean, uh, man, you got to think that's at least a four or five month deal for him when you're coming at New, at New Year's Day, but basically. Adrian Peterson came back from it in one season. I don't think it's unfair to uh, equate anything that Adrian Peterson's done physically. Like bone growth? Like, really, though? I mean, his, his bones, I would <laughs> attest, are different. ACL, just comes I would back. say that his body is Broke put together just comes back. a little bit more carefully than everybody else's. Didn't He's it come basically out, a mutant. Didn't it, like, come out in Bob's book or something that he ended up having surgery after that bowl game? Why are you doing the syringe thing? Like you're pointing to your arm, like <laughs> like you did steroids. Are you alleging yeah, that Adrian exactly Peterson was a steroid user? No, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. If there's one guy that didn't need to use steroids, it was Adrian Peterson. That's what they said about Barry Bonds as well. No, that's not true. His forehead got giant, and he was tiny when he started out. The only league. the only thing on Adrian Peterson's body that has gotten larger is his lip because he needs more <laughs> room to pack tobacco yeah, into it. He's a big. Anyway, uh, I mean, he's a horseshoe guy. Yeah, definitely. Puts like half of a can in his in his bottom lip. It's a lot. Um, Josh, so moving ahead, do you have any any predictions uh, for twenty twenty one kids to look out for oh, in the near future? You know, you're going to start to see. I mean, th- we've talked about this on the last few pods. Oklahoma's gone into a dead period. Like, it's just a weird scenario here where you've got Oklahoma kind of going through the, you know, I mean, not just Oklahoma, but just everybody in college football, you're not going to have on-campus visits. You're not going to have Oklahoma going and making trips. Like, this is usually a kind of hot zone for these things to be happening, and it's not going to happen until next month. The offers are crazy, though. The offers have been nuts this week. (laughs) 
like it's get like I'm gonna do and I've done two of them and I want to do another one. But every day there's a, like five new offers, and so that my list of my story of breaking down each new offer, I'm like this is getting insane. Outdated. This could be twenty yeah. guys, I, and they're going from coast to coast. They are. It's just some are west coast, some are east coast. This is just a f- all out blitz. Just it's spreading the net basically everywhere. Yep, it, it's been wild. So, but I mean, like we'll, we'll have. We're, I'm gonna get in another one of those probably, hopefully over the weekend. Uh, again, Tiffany's gone. But anyway, no family talk. Um, so but are the girls really, gone too? Then <laughs> no, no, you keep I have teasing that. Did you? Holy shit! What you? What you, 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 you do to Tiffany? <laughs> you keep teasing that like you want to get caught. This is some kind of psychotic thing. Like a no, don't uh, f with cats is this deal a, here. Is this like Morse code to Linda? <laughs> Come over, <laughs> Linda, if you're listening. Uh, no, she has a. I believe that would be Vamos. Andale. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, but no, color. we are, yeah. <laughs> well, cause I mean, that's, that's about how much English L- Linda speaks. Like she, we would need a Spanish code word. She does not know. I don't know. I'm not saying that to be shitty. Her, Hey, no, her English is better than my Spanish. Doorstep. Her English is better than my Spanish. You know, whatever. Good for her. Um, but anyway, in the 2021 class, like I think. There are several guys you could kind of watch. Kendall Daniels from Beggs feels like a guy that could happen at some point. There was a lot, it, kind of an interesting connection, and a guy that you all know, Easton Davis uh, from Beggs, mm-hmm. was offered a preferred walk-on to Oklahoma State, and there was some talk that that was going to entice Davis to Stillwater, and then his close relationship with Kendall Daniels might bring Daniels to Oklahoma State. Uh, Easton Davis ended up signing with Southwestern yesterday. Interesting. So... I think that probably puts that to bed, and I've heard a lot of talk that there's a lot of momentum with Oklahoma and Kendall Daniels right now. I think that's what what he's kind of thinking. Um, despite, I don't know. Despite that it's all imminent. the offers that are coming his way, Notre yeah, Dame, Oregon, the Aggies, he's had a busy couple weeks. We we yep. have had some. Uh, we, we've been, you know, napalm has dropped. Uh, nuclear explosions have happened on the Crimson Corner. If they lose Kendall Daniels to an out of state school. After everything that's gone on lately, the corner might not survive. Yeah, it's it's not it's not going to be a good thing. And the good news is, is I think you're starting to see it's a pretty good year in Oklahoma. Like mm-hmm. in 2021, 2020 was a little. You had Andrew Rame, and I think Brendan Walker has potential. But there, other than Rame, there was no guy that you were like, no doubt, that's a guy that can help. I mean, this year you've got a couple of guys that I like that OU hasn't even offered yet. So I, I, they, I mean, and they may not, but like guys like Colin Oliver, mm-hmm. Bryce Stevens. I mean, Oklahoma could do a lot worse than those guys. Colin Oliver picked up an offer from Tennessee yesterday. So I mean, there are good players in Oklahoma that Oklahoma can kind of take their time with and make some decisions. AJ Green, I, I don't know where that is right now. Right? It feels <laughs> like Oklahoma has kind of moved in a different direction. Well, you? and him it, too, though. Yeah, with with his whole running back stance. I'm only I, a running back. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, recruits and parents out there listening, don't don't draw lines in the sand. Don't tell schools you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that. Man, if it's going to keep you from getting an offer you want, why would you do that? Like, why, why close the door? When he's been getting offers here the last couple of weeks, he is tagging the running backs coach. So there, yep. it feels like some of these schools are actually seeing him as a running back. I don't believe he would be an OU running back. 
Yeah, that, and that like he's a good running back. Don't get me wrong. Like, and he's a speed guy. Like, I, I, there are, there are reasons that he would be appealing. But to me, I can find five, ten, five, eleven cor- uh, running backs that can run. Like, yeah. that's not. There's that four hard to in the by. top one hundred that Demarco Murray needs to be working on first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that exactly. Like, if they get down to AJ Green, then. I feel like it's probably a little bit disappointing in the running back room. Meanwhile, if they'd have gotten him as a corner, I think A.J. Green has a lot of potential. I think he has a chance to be a better corner than Trey Brown. But if he doesn't want to do it, then what's the point? By the way, any early feedback uh, from recruits on uh, DeMarco Murray? Very positive. Um, I have talked to Travion Henderson, who uh, Murray went by and saw. Kamar Wheaton's kind of one of uh, his recruiting coach there at – uh, Lakeview Centennial. Uh, I've talked to L.J. Johnson about it. Everybody is very excited about it. I, actually, I had Travion Henderson hit me up and was kind of like, "Hey, you know, is this is this real? Is this happening?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, it looks like this is going to be the guy." So he was very interested, and uh, you know, Kamar Wheaton, obviously being a Dallas area guy, what I think is really interesting, and it kind of only occurred to me this morning, um, what. When you look at the running backs that Oklahoma's involved with, you got Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor out in um, uh, kind of the East Coast, right. Mid-Atlantic area, mm-hmm. and then you've got L.J. Johnson and Kamar Wheaton in Texas. When you think about where DeMarco Murray played in the NFL, yeah. yep. he played for the Cowboys, he played yeah, for the really. Eagles and the Titans. I mean, really well located for those four <laughs> kids to have seen a lot of DeMarco Murray. So, like, I don't know that he's going to resonate with a kid from Oakland in quite the same way that he would with those four who remember him being a pro bowl or all pro kind of running back. I thought it was kind of funny, I guess, in a way that the picture that Kendrick Blackshire put up was him and DeMarco. I I wondered about that. Like you almost want to like put like a, a little truth syrup in uh, Brian Odom and be like, you know, is he feeling a little, truth syrup. A little shade about it? a little truth syrup? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's, where's my goddamn picture? exactly like why am i not on there it makes sense though i mean he's recru- he's now recruiting guys that probably grew up right in that time frame yep. of demarco being a huge deal in the nfl yep and i i so i don't like the cowboys so that doesn't re- resonate but yeah all those kids growing up in texas probably like dallas cowboys they would remember murray good point yep no i mean you know bob none of us like the cowboys i mean f- screw them what what fans listening starting to fight i guess so <laughs> i'm not fighting anymore i'm staying out of this carrie has laid down his sword this is <laughs> this is a beaten man i'm concerned no more redneck voices no more <laughs> oh, no. <hot> takes. <laughs> i you know listening to the last few pods bob is taking on some redneck voice roles here i'm kind of always i i like How come it they bob. never get on you bob how come it's only me? Because it's on good, good fun with me. Oh, yeah, you're an being asshole. an asshole. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, this asshole would like to know. You guys uh, got anything else for us before we get out of here today? Anything you wanted to hit on that we hadn't hit? I, I did want to mention something, and it just pertains to the podcast. Uh, we have added a new I, – I have decided to add a new element to the Sooner Scoop drinking game. I mean, obviously, we have Josh Kidd's. Uh, the vacuum. Uh-huh. I mean, we've got a lot of things you can do. Carrie mentioning Kevin Wilson is now a, is now a square. Like I that, haven't that's mentioned part him all day, 
I wasn't going you ha- to. No, so. you haven't mentioned him in this pod. I bet you in the last four you have mentioned he, him, and they've he, all been unrelated. He's been mentioned quite a bit. And, like, it's fine. It's just it's something that seems to come up. Like, I, I'm worried that you miss Kevin a lot. And, like, no, I feel like maybe it, you want to talk about it. it. In fact, <laughs> I think he caught wind of it because he called me Saturday or Sunday. We talked for, like, an hour and a half. Just catching you up. In, you, you gave some inside scoop to Kevin Noon, I'm sure, at Ohio State site. He didn't talk anything about Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> he just told me he was happy there. He, you know, made good money and... I think he saw some of the tweets. Like, I just said, one of the things I said was, you know, Ed Orgeron should hire him as his offensive coordinator at LSU. Like, that would be a great hire. Sure. And that was my whole thing. Like, you know, if you, you, we all see that. Like, you have an offensive coordinator. He gets just like with Brent Venables. Like, there's no way he should still be a defensive coordinator. When you become one of the top coordinators in the country, then you become a head coach. Like, you can only keep those guys for so long. But that was Kevin Wilson. He was one of the top coordinators in the country, and eventually he got a head coaching job. Now he's at Ohio State where he's not even the offensive coordinator because they gave it to Ryan Day to keep him. And, like, if you want a really good offensive coordinator, I would think Kevin – just and that's just my knowledge, like, of people that are out there. Like, there's other people that would have that kind of knowledge about other people. That's just my history. So I'm not, and- I'm not saying, oh, you need to hire him. You're a fool. I'm just saying – that's a really good example of somebody that you could hire that would be a home run hire. As the one who has instituted this new step in the drinking game, that does count as a Kevin Wilson talk and a conversation. So, yes, you're drinking. You, you screwed people over. I don't care. I've mentioned Tiffany twice, three times now in this podcast. People are going to be a little buzzed. It's going to be some Thursday you know, Uber drives home, guys. Be careful. Eh, don't take an Uber. Wing it. Do you have to? <laughs> You didn't talk family. Oh you my just God. Tiffany. Did you ha- do you have to like chug if the podcast didn't come out on the regularly scheduled day, like one big chug before you even start? That that almost might be like a shotgun, maybe. Like cause this is like the shotgun start to your weekend. Like you just get to listen to this whenever you want to, Thursday or Friday. And frankly, once the pod's over, call in sick. It's done. You're good for the week. We can add in, you know, any mention of me never have trying the pot. I think that <laughs> came up on the called. board this week. <laughs> I'm right there with you, so that's all right. Come it, and save me, Josh, please. I think say Eddie and I have to like live on squares over here. from you too. <laughs> I'm like the pot. Yeah, middle school was a bitch. Look, I don't want to hear stuff. <laughs> hear eddie bitching i i passed edibles to him at a concert one time so it's not like i'm that big of a square but did you pass him to demarco murray he wasn't there oh okay well you would have shared so that's important that is a crucial part of being a pothead you got to share all right um i think we've We've done in the podcast now. I think we're done. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate MidFirst Bank, their title sponsor. Remember, midfirst.com slash U40. Go sign up for that OU Rewards card. Uh, apply today. Uh, and uh, thanks to Josh McQuistian. Thanks to Eddie Radosevich. Thanks to Bob Prisbillo. I'm Kerry Murdoch. We'll see you guys back here next week right here on the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.